welcome back to That's So Retrograde. I'm Elizabeth Cott. Hello, I'm Stephanie Simbari. And this is, uh, we're still in retrograde? Yep. Last week's episode, I think, gave me some, like, groundedness on the experience. I also think I was uh, PMSing, which is why things seem so dark. Hilarious. I feel like I need to follow Ambi around in, until this retrograde is over because it's like a roller coaster of emotion. Exactly. <laughs> um, on that roller coaster of emotion, we're, yeah, we're a roller coaster of of information. I like yeah. think we we talk about moon cycles, sleep cycles, the occasional soul cycle, and today on this show, mm-hmm. we're getting into it on the menstrual cycle. Oh shit. We have Elisa Vitti. Guys, okay, this is such a big deal. It's so amazing. This is a huge deal. Elisa Vitti wrote a book that Elizabeth brought back from one of her times in the mountains at Summit. And we read it and we were both like, wait, what? Our period is a thing that like dictates our existence? Because I don't know about you, Elizabeth. Actually, I do know about you. <laughs> but I feel like even as a 30-year-old woman who's been menstruating my entire life, I still have that thing like you said I think it might have been PMSing where I get into a bad mood into a dark space and I'm like what's going on it's the end of the world like I have no reference or connection to my hormonal cycle like at all and what Elisa is talking about is that if you can merge your life with your hormonal cycle then your life will just like take it to the next level exactly and there's so much food science that's involved in it and taking into account the moon cycles all of this stuff that's just a total like mind explosion of information and we actually did this interview when we were in New York at the end of last year. So I have like severe party voice. So return of the party voice. Also, I don't know about you, we talked about this, uh, but the the videos, like when we were learning yeah. about our periods. Right. So what did I you think, have? Well, I remembered, well, just in general, they when they taught us about our periods, they didn't really explain explain it in the way that it actually would have made sense and served us. Right. But what I do remember is fourth grade, growing up on Broadway, the cast of Annie explaining to us what our periods were in like the most layman's tomorrow, terms. Does tomorrow, anybody else remember you'll this? you'll be bleeding Was tomorrow. trying to find a clip and um, I couldn't, but I, it's just like seared in my brain and of this experience I, I just remember being so terrified like scared so terrified yeah i think mine was some like weird animated video where some girl was walking over a bridge and then she got her period and then she had to like run home i i just i was also traumatized and then followed by of course the most awkward conversation with my mother that could ever have been you know it's funny i don't even think i really had that conversation with my mom because she had her period i think later in life like when she was like around 14 I got my period when I was 11 crazy so I wasn't really expecting it and it was the day of my first sixth grade dance first ever school dance and I came back and like was like oh my god what you know had no idea what the situation was I fell on the playground really hard really hard um oh my gosh but the point is that you don't learn what that even means they're just like all right, well, this is something that's going to happen to you for the rest of your life. Just shove something up there and keep it moving. Yeah, the idea that I think until I was introduced to Elise's teachings, I honestly and, you know, blindly thought that my period was just an indication of if my body was working properly and if it was on time, great. If not, 
needs to be looked at, which it's true. That is true. But, and also, it, you know, it obviously means like your reproductive system is up and running. But there's so much more to this. And this is why I'm so thrilled that she's on. And she was, I think we can safely say, one of our top five dream guests. Definitely. When we had envisioned what that so retrograde would be. And just like energetically so magical. Yes. So um, really. Without further ado. Excited to welcome Elisa Vitti to the show. She is author of Woman Code, founder of the Flow Living community. Flowliving.com. And uh, welcome to the show, Elisa. Hi, so happy to be here. So happy you're here. And so you also have a counseling center in Manhattan. Yes. So I, you know, gosh, now 14 years ago opened my clinical practice in Manhattan. And then four years ago took the whole thing online because in that 10-year period, I had women from all over different parts of the world, different countries, different time zones wanting to fix their period, fix their fertility, fix their sex drive. And there was only one of me and only certain hours of the day where I was awake. So um, yeah, it was a really interesting process to kind of uh, leverage technology and scale to be able to take care of now women in 216 countries. Amazing. I like to say I have my hands on ovaries across the world, which is a good thing. so how, how we got introduced to you, I had the pleasure of seeing you speak about three years ago. A guy friend of mine basically dragged me to this talk you were given. I had no context of it. He's like, you've got to just come. And so I tend, guy. I tend to just, <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of like, all right, you know, re- released to that. And, and really what you spoke about in, in understanding our hormones in our cycle and how to use that to maximize our potential and our existence, like, totally cracked open these ideas that I had never even considered. So can you talk about how you got into this practice? Because it's so, it's a really cool story. So, I mean, I think it's like, you know, because I needed to, right, is the the short answer. But the the deeper answer is that I, uh, at a young age, started having major symptoms around my endocrine function. So that looked like I didn't kind of go through puberty at the, like, you know, normal time. My body kind of looked androgynous for a long time. I remember looking at other girls in high school and being like, I kind of, something's not right with me. And kind of getting a lot of, um, you know, oh, you're, it's in your head, right, from uh, trusted adults and doctors. And then I found myself at Johns Hopkins on my way to becoming an OBGYN because I don't know, from an early age, like sixth grade, I started the period club. I was fascinated from an early age. <laughs> Obviously, some like fa- past life, something or other, following me around. But um, so at Hopkins, the, the symptoms really came to like a climax. I was 200 pounds at that point, pretty overnight, I would say, within like a semester. I was covered face, chest, and back in cystic acne and had been getting progressively worse. But it was to the point where it was like, I remember sitting down at a little table every morning to just spackle my face with Mm. like concealer would take a half an hour like I couldn't stand up and do it because it took that long and even that you know you'd walk out and you'd still you know you could still see it it was just covered but it was still and uh, was not menstruating hadn't really menstruated for the entire teenage decade right so just didn't get my period really from the age of let's say 12 to 22 when everybody else had been menstruating and probably lamenting that experience (laughs) all those years I was like where's my period and uh, and I was exhausted all the time I remember I couldn't wake up in the morning I would um, be really wired at night couldn't fall asleep depression was a big problem Uh, And then, of course, my eating was all sorts of effed up. So, you know, it was a a whole big mess. 
And I went to all the best gynecologists and endocrinologists, and no one said that there was anything wrong, that really all I should do is just go on the pill, mm-hmm. and that will be the magic carpet ride I need to take. And I said, but what... I want to know why my body's not working, and they had no answers for me. So luckily, I was at a great institution to do some research, and I was researching um, what might in fact be wrong with me, and I found a little article on the Stein-Leventhal disorder that was the original name to the condition that I had, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, um, which one in 10 women have, and it's a growing population. And it's basically a dysfunction between the pituitary gland and the ovary, which means you just aren't getting the signals to ovulate that you should, and therefore you don't menstruate. So my body was just kind of not doing the things that make menstruation happen. Mm. And so I was so excited to get this piece of information. I marched over to my gynecologist's office the next day, and I said, Let's do the test. Let's let's make sure this is what I have. So she does the transvaginal ultrasound. Can we say transvaginal? Oh ultrasound? yeah, we have an explicit, explicit rating on iTunes. Fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you know, we're doing the transvag, and she's like, "Look at your ovaries. There's a little string of pearls all over them." I was like, "Oh really? You could have told me this seven years ago when all of this started, and no one had thought to do that test." So I said, "Great. Now what?" And she said, "Well, there's nothing to be done. You know, your prognosis is." continuation of obesity, likelihood to develop diabetes. Uh, You will not be able to have children naturally, if at all, with IVF. It's very difficult. Um, She told you all this in one sitting? But wait, there's more. Uh, Increased risk for heart disease and then cancer. Oh. And I'm 20. And then she's like, have a good day. (laughs) And and she's like, we'll bill you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But not to worry, she said, we'll just medicate you. You know, we'll start you on the pill, then we'll do some things. We'll put you on a medication for your blood sugar, and then we'll put you on medication when you want to have children and for any other of these symptoms that came up in the future. And I just thought, if none of these things are going to actually address the root cause of my issue, why would I take them? And that began a life-changing journey. And we talk about being at a fork in the road. Mm -hmm. My body was saying, when she was saying all this pretty heavy shit to me, I said, um oh my God, you know, my brain was freaking out, but my body was just got, just brought me to this very still place. And I heard her very clearly say, that's not your future. And my mind was like, well, what is? How are we going to get from here to there? Where are we going? What's the, what, you know, what comes after listening to you? Mm. And of course, that's not, you don't get to ask those kinds of questions, but you do get to follow that intuition if you're lucky enough to give yourself that gift. And I did. And I just, followed that path one step at a time, and it led me to doing the research that ultimately was at the crux of the protocol that fixed my issues and takes care of all the women that we take care of at Flow Living. Um, And it's amazing. It was amazing to watch my body shed the weight, clear the skin, and regain the cycle. You know, within, for me, it took a year because I was being my own guinea pig. But, you know, we do that now for women in three months, four months. Yeah, so what did you start, how did you... What did you do for yourself? Like, how? Did, where did you start? You know, like, I think I, I started where everybody. Crazy. I know. I think I started where everybody else starts. Like while I was doing all the research on on you know endocrinology, and this was also before functional medicine was a thing. You mm-hmm. know, where we look at the root causes and we look at treating the body. It's with, like an Eastern idea. Kind of. It is, in fact. Um, functional medicine is very much an Eastern idea, but it's it's nice that it's backed by so much clinical research these days because it really it really um, helps people who have that kind of thing. Science. I need be science. A thing. Yeah. yeah, you know. So 
But at the time, what, what I had to go on was the Human Genome Project, right? The Human Genome Project came out and by accident discovered this thing called epigenetics. So these little ghost-like protein structures that wrap around. By the way, did I mention I'm like a super hot science geek? Just in case you're thinking about that. <laughs> we <laughs> so love it. Ghost-like proteins that wrap around the DNA structure. And what they do is either based on what you're eating and what your lifestyle is like, they will switch on or off expression, disease state expression. And they discovered this by studying identical twins and looking at what, why would one get cancer and one wouldn't. And it was only lifestyle and dietary factors that affect the epigenetics. And I thought, my Whoa. goodness, if, that, if food and lifestyle can switch on something as microscopic as a genetic piece of genetic material, we could absolutely apply this to glandular function. And that was the beginning of how do I go to the root cause of the endocrine system and what it needs to function properly and address it from there. So that's why the protocol starts with blood sugar stabilization, then moves up the chain of, of command, so to speak. So that's how I got started is really doing the research. But concurrently, I was also doing what I think everybody does when they start down this path of healing. I went to see every practitioner and specialist and and anybody I could get my hands on, like from energy healers to crystal people to naturopathic doctors, Reiki, acupuncture, acupressure, herbalists, everything. And I was just, you know, so voracious to try to learn, was there any nugget within any of these modalities that could help me? And I remember one naturopath was like, oh, you've got candida. How many of you have heard that you've got candida? It's Yeah, it's like a like I've, a famous diagnosis. I've, to, I've told myself in my head that I've had it before. <laughs> Although my doctor called it dysbiosis. That's very good. That's a sign of progress. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Candida is now kind of a more of a small piece of, of the puzzle. But, you know, dysbiosis is really the bigger picture. But back then, you know, 20 years ago, it was like Candida, right? And he's had me eating very restrictive diet and had me drinking carrot juice every single day with a whole bunch of green powder in it, chlorella-based, spirulina-based. So it looked like Ponscom, tasted like carrot juice, and I was like a dedicated researcher. I drank this damn carrot juice every day for I don't know how long. And I remember it was graduation, and my friend pulled me as my best friend. She's still my best friend. She now lives in London. It's very sad. Anyway, so she, <laughs> she pulled me over to the mirror, and she said, you got to stop drinking this effing carrot juice. You're orange. You've turned orange. And I was like, no. I was in such denial because I was willing to do anything to, to relieve these symptoms. You can't imagine what it's like to feel trapped in your skin where you're carrying around all this extra weight and yeah. your skin is all screwed up and you're just, you feel so off your center. I was like, I'm going to drink the hell out of this <laughs> But, you know, after doing a thorough experiment and seeing, in fact, that all that was yielding in terms of results was orange skin and no relief in my symptoms, I was, you know, continued to be moved in the direction of where I ended up discovering the food protocol that really unhinged the whole thing for me. Can you talk about that? Um, yeah. When when did that shift happen for you? Oh my gosh, I'm trying to rewind the tape to that part. <laughs> um, I I would say. Uh, it was actually on a trip to Italy over a summer, and I had no choice because I was going on that trip. Um, I couldn't do all the restrictive stuff. And I remember I sp spoke to my naturopath, and he basically fired me at that point. He's like, oh, you're not hardcore enough because you're going to go to Italy. And I was like, you know <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to put that aside for a minute professionally, but I'm, I'm going to trust that, you know, there's something about – health that is not so restrictive and lacking in pleasure and joy, that that, that can't be the path forward. Yeah. It just can't. And, and 
also, now that I think about it, ironic that it was a man who was saying that. So, um, anywho, so I was in Italy, and I was having such a good time, and I was eating all these sorts of yummy things, and I noticed that I was feeling different. I was just feeling a little bit better. better, you know, just, and I was only there for two weeks, but there was something about releasing. It was like the beginning of saying, you know what, I can trust my body a lot more. It doesn't, it's not all going to be this, um, it's not going, the solution is not about me fighting against my body. It's going to be about working with my body in a pleasurable, dynamic, responsive relationship. And I think just putting myself in such a different environment for two weeks in the sun and the in my skin in that different way was just the little bit of inspiration I needed to kind of make that start more form formally onto my own protocol. And just the fact that like food in Italy is like fresher and better and it's Not way GMO. less chemicalized yeah, and yeah, so yeah. like I could eat all the pizza in Italy but if yeah. I eat one slice here I'm like Exactly. Where's the bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about the phases of hormonal cycle. Can we get into that? Yeah. You have a TED Talk. Congratulations. Thanks. And it's not just about your period. It's about your entire life. So I was not looking for my period to be like the holy grail of my life. Although I suppose in sixth grade, I was really super excited about it. Still am. <laughs> so many years later. <laughs> but one of the things that came out of the research was not just that you can use food to manipulate the endocrine function to restore ovulation and menstruation, to reduce symptoms of PMS, to deal with all, this, all the funky period stuff. It, it's not just that. It was also that there is this neurohormonal matrix that we are not taught but it is there in plain sight for anybody to stumble upon and stumble upon it, I did. You know, I'm like, holy shit. You know, this is the way for us to orient ourselves in the, you know, if I can say the time-space continuum as women, right? We literally make time in our bodies through this neuroendocrine matrix. And I just was so blown away by that. So that sounds really like super geeky. So let me break it down. So you have these four distinct phases in your cycle. Let's call them their names because it really does uh, bother me when we call it like moon cycle. I love, I think it's sweet, <laughs> but I just think it adds to, <laughs> I do, sweet. but it's, it's adorable. Like, it, it's nice, <laughs> but it's like calling your pussy something else. Like? Like, Kitty like naming it something that, that's not. Charlene? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's call it by the name that it should be called because there's already enough confusion for women. We don't have specific concrete names for the things that our bodies have and do, and it adds to our general disconnection to the whole process. So mm. we're going to call the phases by the scientific names. Follicular phase, ovulatory phase, luteal phase, menstrual phase. Okay. Otherwise known as the bleeding week. Very <laughs> bleed. strange. Right, because it's also confusing that it's like, it's your menstrual cycle, it's your period. What does that refer to? Is it the whole month? Is it which week? Isn't that confusing? Well, yeah. I have a friend who's always telling me, like, Steph, you're always on your period <laughs> because it's always something. Right. Where it's either like, I'm bleeding this week or well, like, you are always I'm on your PM. period. That's what, no, no, you <laughs> saying that only, makes me confirm that. Yeah, but like, you only have one week of menstruation. Yeah. You know, and so it's just, I think that's why I'm such a stickler for the, the language because if we don't use the right language, we just stay more like, what's going on exactly? Detached from it. Yeah. And, and, and it already feels like this un mis mysterious process that we feel mystified by, which it should not. Mm. 
I don't know. I just so the first phase. Can we like mm. go through them? I'm, okay. Yeah. So okay. First phase. First phase. Follicular phase. I mean, practically in the body, this is when the little eggs are maturing on the ovary. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'll go through the physical part first, then we'll go back and and do the brain part. The ovulatory phase is when obviously one egg matures and re- is released into the fallopian tubes. Drops. Yeah. I have a question about Drop that. that egg. Drop that egg. So I was told by <laughs> my OBGYN, actually our OBGYN, Steph and I go to the same that one. That is so romantic. It really, it really is. is. Friendship. You know what I mean? Um, she was also on my reality show. <laughs> and uh, Tori Spelling. Yeah. Which is cute as well. He told uh, me that I have the uterus of a 17-year-old, so I really appreciated that. That's nice. So yeah. I was told that I ovulate 12 days after my period like clockwork. Does the... Or, so... Is that 12 days after the end of your period? Yes. Okay. Or I didn't know if it was 12 days from... Well, okay. So there's a way, There's two ways to look at it. Mm-hmm. There's You start the clock on day one of your bleed, mm-hmm. which is what Western medicine will have you do. And so therefore, you would say 12 days after that, you, okay. know, you would ovulate. Um, but I find that women feel like it's a reset more when their period ends from the last day. They feel like, okay, now we're starting Fresh. a new cycle. Yes. So again, it's a little confusing. So, But at Flow Living, we actually t- teach women more to count from the last day of their period so that they can just really identify where they are in each phase and, and really understand that. The, and, and also, even in Western medicine, the two halves of the cycle, the first half is referred to as the proliferative phase and the second half is referred to as sort of the, the shedding phase, right? And so... Those include the luteal phase and the menstrual phase. So kind of it's even in the way that they're using it, it's a little bit murky. So I I like to just know where you are in each week and just start, just count those days in that week. So for example, the follicular phase will be five to seven days, right? Um, The ovulatory phase will be four days approximately. Mm -hmm. The luteal phase will be 10 to 12 days. And the menstrual phase will be anywhere from three to seven days for a woman. So it's kind of important to just know what your pattern is because each woman has her own normal cycle, which can range from 27 days to 32 days. Anything shorter than that or longer than that, we're looking at a hormonal imbalance, but you can have a healthy cycle in that healthy range. And so it's just kind of good to know where you're at. And those phases are associated with different energies, like so... Well, energy, certainly we can talk about energy, but one of the things I think is really awesome about the cycle is that you have these hormones that are shifting to create the physical changes within the ovary and the uterus, right? Bathe your brain in different concentrations of estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, and it changes the way you think, problem solve, socialize, subconsciously attract things to you. It's so powerful. And it's, it's happening whether you agree with me or not. It's just a physical, scientific reality that's affecting you. So I think, once I saw this, I thought, oh, my God, could you imagine if we had been given that information along with, like, you know, sixth grade sex ed of, like, oh, you get a period, but that's just one small detail. The other cool thing is you have the entire creation matrix happening in your brain chemistry every 30 days, right? So... In the follicular phase, right, you have, <clears throat> this is the time for, when I do this, when I teach this in corporate 
um, settings, which I love doing because, I mean, it just, I run my whole company. I'm now like a team of 20 and I run the whole company. We're in the flow all together. It's great. And, uh, you know, the follicular phase is when we do like project planning. It's time for new things. It's time for fresh starts. In, in a relationship situation, you know, I also I also um, cycle sync my marriage. So my husband knows where we are in the, where we are in the cycle because when we're in the follicular phase, he's approaching me sexually in different ways than if we were in the luteal phase, and he knows how to roll with that. And in conversation and in the things we socialize differently, first half of the cycle, second half of the cycle. So he's empowered to kind of succeed all the time. And he's never met with that kind of like, ugh, get away from me energy because he's always, he, he knows what approach to take. So follicular phase is like new things, project planning. Ovulatory phase is the, it, your brain chemistry is so positively affected by estrogen, you're more social and verbal. So those social and verbal centers of the brain are really hyper-stimulated. So this is the time to, like, present information, go on first dates, ask for a raise. You're so magnetic and convincing at that time. You know, things like that. Um, or have important conversations and go out and do the things. Uh, this also affects how you exercise as well, but we can get into that in a moment. Luteal phase, you have the introduction of the hormone progesterone into the brain chemistry, and this makes you feel really turned on by getting things done and bringing things to completion. It's very task-oriented. For women who are pregnant in the second trimester, this is like the biggest boost of progesterone that you have. And I know when I was pregnant, I wrote several book proposals without effort during the second trimester in under the influence of progesterone. I feel like I should make T-shirts. I'm under the influence <laughs> of estrogen or progesterone. Um, you know, under the influence of progesterone, like you just get so much done. So this is a great time to address your finances, do your accounting, you know, bring projects to completion at work. And then in the bedroom, this is a very foreplay heavy time. It's important that you take the time to do proper foreplay. Whereas in the ovulation phase, this can be the time for like the more passionate, quick and dirty, you know, 50 shades of gray kind of sex. But during the luteal phase, it's the love me tender. Otherwise, you know, the there's going to be some biting and you know, not nice responses. Um, <laughs> like, get out of here. You're doing it wrong. Um, and then the menstrual phase, we have the decline, uh, the recession of those hormones from the brain chemistry. So we feel the most intuitive. It allows the right and left hemisphere of the brain to communicate across the corpus callosum most effectively. So that means that your your fact-oriented self and your feeling-oriented self are most able to collude and integrate and synthesize that information and essentially allow you to lead from a place of intuitive knowing, right? So it's a powerful time during the month. I mean, my, I like I told you when I sat down, I'm, I'm having my period right now. Mazel tov. Thank you. It's a beautiful <laughs> time. And so first night of my period, I always do like home spa. So I like give myself a facial. I do like do whatever I can do at home to like just like my own personal mix Self-care. Yeah. And then um, I spend, you know, usually day three or day four towards the end, I really sit with how did things go this month for me in every area of my life? How did my self-care go with exercise? How are things in my marriage? How, are, how am I doing as a mom? How's everything with work? How am I feeling in my body? How's my period? How was the experience of my period? Because one of the things that your bleeding week will tell you, and this is what I made TV history doing on Dr. Oz, <laughs> who knew that nobody showed simulated menstrual blood ever on TV before. <laughs> Is that true? I, Amazing. So I went on there with fruit juice, and I was like, you know, let's look at what your period can tell you before you flush each 
each there are four different colors and you need to look and see is it bright red and that means it's good is it dark blue purple that means too much estrogen is it a little brown like prune juice that means not enough progesterone you can kind of see very right in real time how your hormones are performing with your period week, right? The bleeding week, the menstrual week. See, even I get confused with the language. So it's so important to take stock of everything, physically, emotionally, energetically, during your menses week so that you can reset because what's happening, what's coming next is the follicular week, the fresh ideas, starting Mm. something new, making new plans. If we take it out to the metaphysical level. Please do. Because let's rock some crystals here. (laughs) Basically, if we think about what the creation matrix is, right? If we think about manifesting anything, how does that get achieved? First, you set your intentions by connecting to your desires, right? That's your follicular week, right? Then you speak them out loud to everybody that you know. Hey, I'm up to this. I'm going to do this. I want this to happen, right? Then third phase is take action. That's the luteal phase with progesterone. Take action. Do things. Do things that are about accomplishing that project. And then evaluate and and offer gratitude in that last phase during menstruation and during that phase of of manifesting. You have to be in gratitude for all that's happened and all that's coming, right? So here you are, your body, keeping time, doing your hormones, balance, right? But also allowing you to manifest practically and metaphysically. I mean, it's all there for you. It's all contained within the amazing, sacred, elegantly complex vessel of the female body. Mind blown. Drops um, mic. Out of here. <laughs> I wanted to uh, apply that to something that we were talking about before we started recording. I yeah. was telling um, I was telling you that when I was in a relationship, I had mm. certain really intense premenstrual syndromes. Like three weeks before my period, my boobs would be like so sore. And that was new this year for like, for like six months that I was in a relationship. And out of intense cramping, and my my moods would be all off, and I was so wonky and weird. And then literally, then the month that I became single again, it went back to no symptoms at all, and it was like the quickest, craziest change I've ever experienced. Um, is that like a real thing? That's a real thing. Okay. So, <laughs> so it's a real thing on a physiological level. It's also a real thing on an emotional, energetic level. So you know, I said earlier that your bodies are a divining rod for you know everything in your life you you can got you can navigate your your life using your body as your compass and and while you have your period your period is like the most precise gps that you have the whole cycle because in your luteal phase if things are not working in a particular area of your life that causes you stress so physiologically we have an elevation in cortisol mm-hmm. right so that's a real phenomenon like you know when we talk about stress people are like oh yeah stress what the hell is that it's everywhere is it on me is it in me how does it affect me it's a hormone stress is a hormone that disrupts the rest of the hormonal conversation within the endocrine system which is governing your period right so <clears throat> cortisol levels up, relationship stress, nothing like relationships to stress you out maximally, right? When things are not working and you're not happy at home, you're supremely stressed. More than any other kind of stress, it's like relationship and money stresses, these are the two. But weirdly, it's the easiest one to ignore also. Well, yeah, you know, that's a whole other like, you know, also ignoring it at the same time. Just like we do with our periods. What is that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, we're, 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 I think we as women are just somehow, and I'm not sure exactly how, but I don't think it's so important, but I think it's important to acknowledge that we are somehow conditioned to 
disassociate from our bodies, from our feelings, from our intuition. Well, yeah, no and one's like, oh, you have your period, you should sit out. Like, I remember when I first got my period, I didn't want to do gym class. I was like, I don't really think I can do it. And she was literally like, throw a tampon in there and deal with it. Like, it was just the, <laughs> if that is the energy. Listen, it's it, like it, no it, support, it's, nothing at all. Listen, some women feel like doing gymnastics when they're on their period. You shouldn't, it's not about you feel bad and you should slow down. You should feel great all month long. You know, what I described as an optimal situation, you know, where, like, for example, this this month, I had, I had a great period. I feel great all month long. I had no PMS. Have my period, no cramps, no problems, no bloating. No, it's just normal. It's just another day, you know. And that's how it should feel. But I mean, it's more like we're in the habit. I think starting at kindergarten level of like, okay, you can't go to the bathroom unless you raise your hand. Right. And it's like this: you have to get outside approval to be an expert in what's happening inside of your own skin, which I think is like a mm. little dysfunctional. And so we're in the habit, I think, as women, of ignoring the truth which our body is communicating to us all the time. Your heart, your mind, your uterus, whatever. It's always leading you back to your truth. And so your situation with your relationship, though you were ignoring it allegedly in quotations, your body was holding (laughs) that truth for you. And it's going to show up in the luteal phase. Um, I say this all the time. PMS or perimenopause, it's only bad if, you know, obviously food is not working but also if lifestyle is not supporting you. If you're in a bad relationship, if cortisol levels are up, that PMS week is going to be a nightmare. So much tears. Many tears. Yeah, emotional, (laughs) all the bloating, all the stereotypical things that we associate with PMS are present in that circumstance. And And that's why I asked you, you know, when you guys broke up, you know, and was it because there was something flawed with his situation, and there was, you felt better immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, you remove the stressor, the body goes back to homeostasis, and you have a healthy, normal cycle. So if you have PMS, the moral of this story is yeah. not like dump your boyfriend. <laughs> Unless Although. that's necessary. <laughs> in which case, Maybe. dump him faster than yeah. you think you need to. The moral of the story is if you're having PMS, as soon as you start bleeding, go, it, go deep into your evaluation phase, right? Look at what could possibly be the cause of my body doing this thing to get my attention about something that might be not working for me. Mm. Because PMS is not normal. You should not have it. It is not funny. We shouldn't joke about it. It's a serious issue. In fact, the National Institute of Health released a study 10 years ago I, I, this we should have t-shirts made. It's called the BioCycle Study, the most comprehensive, important study ever done on menstruation. And what they found, one of the things that they found, was that PMS, the thing we joke about, like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm a bitch this week, <laughs> right, that one, if it goes untreated, will increase postmenopausally the, the likelihood that you will get the big four diseases of inflammation. What are those? heart disease, cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's, Oy. PMS. So it's like very serious symptom for you to take a look at and say, wait a minute, something's not right. Is it my diet? Did I eat a whole bunch of garbage this month? Yeah. Okay, check that first. Then is it relationship? Is it work? Is it I'm not sleeping enough? What am, what am I doing to interrupt my flow? Yeah, because PMS always brings to the surface – Yes, ma'am. The thing that's already there. Yeah. And, it, and be, so your true. brain chemistry is open to receiving what that message is. So you're not you're not able to look the other direction. What's that's the right. deal with breast tenderness? Steph mentioned that she had it. I This is something that I experienced for the first time within the past year. Yeah. Oddly came about. I had um, 
taken the morning after pill for the first time mm. in my entire life. And a result of that is my boobs hurt for an entire month. I know that sure. that's common. Yep. But ever since then, it's now yep. an indicator that my period's going to come. The thing that <clears throat> is going on these days, and I'm really glad that you mentioned that you were taking that medication whether you're taking the morning after pill or the pill in general or have had a history of taking the pill mm-hmm. or antibiotics or um, SSRIs, the... Been there, sweetie, antidepressants. These medications have a pretty profound effect on our gut health, small intestine. Uh-huh. And this, this circles back to this conversation about dysbiosis, right, this really important term. We now have researched the fact that we are more bacterial than we are human. In fact, you could say (laughs) that we are just the mothership for a whole host of millions and billions of bacteria, five pounds of which are in your small intestine, not to mention the extraordinary amount that are crawling around in your skin right now. Keeping you alive, synthesizing your food, making serotonin so that you're in a good mood, uh, making hormones, making micronutrients available to you. I mean, without them, we would not be functioning. And bacteria, of course, were the first things on this planet, the first living things on this planet. So, of course, we are comprised of all of that, you know, sort of an accumulative effect. Um, <clears throat> so when you take things like the pill, right, it can disrupt that microbiota and disturb the balance of bacteria that are there to help you absorb nutrients, help you make uh, break down estrogen, all of those things. So you could have a little bit of dysbiosis from having to take that. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't take that. From the one time I took it? Yeah, of course. Ever? Yep. I had to get Interesting. A- heavy acupuncture after I took plan B once because I then never got my period for like two yeah. months and I was just in a oh, yeah. crank mood for like a while. Yeah, that you you were taking s- synthetic hormones in a very significant dose mm-hmm. and it will, of course, affect things for months out. Absolutely. Even though it seems like a one time it shouldn't be a big deal because we take like Advil and we think, you know, it's no big. This is a very different situation. Anytime you're taking synthetic hormones, including the birth control pill, which we should talk about. Yes. Um, <clears throat> you know, that it's it, it has repercussions short and long term, one of which is disrupting the microbiome. And why that's significant for breast tenderness is that you are now going to be nutrient deficient mm. for a time. And it might get cumulatively worse because you're then not knowing that you need to turn up the volume on eating certain things to offset what has happened with the medication, right? Sometimes you have to take medication. It happens, So what would be the foods that would help balance a situation like that out? Well, probiotics in fermented foods, like fermented miso, fermented natto, fermented kimchi, kimchi, as long as it's raw and, you know, lacto-fermented. Lacto-fermented does not mean there is milk. It's just the terminology. It has a different (laughs) thing. Um, I I do not uh, recommend that women take in any form of dairy or gluten because, again, the research is in that it creates this level of inflammation in the gut and it prevents you from absorbing all the micronutrients that you need to make your hormones healthy and happy. We only eat it if we're in New York. Yeah. No carb unturned. That's in our City. motto in New York City. That's cute. But maybe try, <laughs> maybe try the gluten. I don't know how often you're here. No. You know. We are so good in LA. We okay. came here and we've not stopped eating bread right. and cheese so, since we've been so here. So while you're here. And I'm, I've officially stopped pooping. <laughs> I was going to say, while you're I here. was okay for a few days, and now it's sh- I'm shutting down. I need to get out of here. <laughs> 
my so next time I want you to like be prophylactic about your pooping. And, yeah. And you know, if you're going to leave no carb on term, that's so cute. Um, <laughs> it is cute. It's really yeah. cute. I, I bet it's delicious. <laughs> it um, is really good. We have, we have good food here. Um, you know, flax every day, twice a day, mm-hmm. up to four tablespoons a day. For If you're here for like three or four days, it's okay to do that much. Yeah. Otherwise, I would say like one to two a day. Flax oil? No. Or flax, flax seed. Okay. You need the fiber. The oil. Cup, you just eat cups of it? No, babe. You like mix it into a smoothie or like throw it on like a grain or, you know, have it in a salad, (laughs) right? right? You know, something like that. Something not psychotic. Something not like, you could even sprinkle it on pizza. Listen, if you're desperate, do it. I like that. I don't care how you get it in, get it in, right? (laughs) Um, And then, though I do not sanctify the eating of pizza. (laughs) So then, (laughs) so then you would also want to have probiotics, mega doses of them, uh, you know, up to four a day of like a good probiotic. What's your brand of choice? I personally take Jarrow, but I also like Claire Labs, um, and I like Udo's. So there are some really good things that you can buy at Whole Foods um, that that are excellent, you know, from a manufacturing standpoint. Awesome. Cool. Um, Pro and, tip. Yeah, and then you'd want to take that, you know, I, I don't think there's a day that you should go, let, let go by without supporting your microbiome and taking good probiotics. But those two things alone will help offset some of the intestinal damage that may have already been done. The culinary journey we've been on. The culinary adventure. <laughs> so you mentioned no gluten and no dairy. <clears throat> um, why is gluten bad? For women in particular. Yeah. For anybody, but for women, uh, we'll tie it to the hormonal piece. But there are three, three reasons. One, all grains contain something called phytic acid, which um, interferes with your absorption of micronutrients. You need certain vitamins and amino acids to make hormones and then to have those hormones communicate with each other. So if you're eating anything that's inflaming the lining of your intestine, disturbing your microbiome, or causing microscopic tears, aka leaky gut, in the intestinal tract, you're then compromising your ability to have access to those nutrients and thereby prematurely aging yourself, right? Mm. And we see a lot of women, right? You, you guys had asked earlier, is it an age thing that your boobs are starting to hurt? It, it shouldn't be. Like I said, I'm older than you and I don't have that issue. And it's because you may be inadvertently prematurely aging yourself from a hormonal standpoint. And I see that a lot in my practice when women try to start having babies in their later 30s like I did. They can't get pregnant. And their, their hormone levels, when tested, are those of a woman who we would expect to see at like 45 and it has to do with what's going on in our diet. So back to the gluten. Gluten has this phytic acid, as do all grains. When I make grains for myself or my daughter, and there are very few grains that I personally eat, like buckwheat and quinoa, oats, basically those three, I soak them overnight in water with a little bit of apple cider vinegar. It takes 30 seconds, throw it in a bowl, throw it in some filtered water, boom, cap full of the ACV. Next day, strain it, boil it, done, right? Um, Otherwise, all that phytic acid is irritating to the system mm. and prevents you from absorbing nutrients. That's the first thing. Second thing is modern uh, alterations to the wheat grain itself. They've been modifying it so that it has more starch per grain. So we have more gluten that we're exposed to per serving than we did. And this is why when we both were in Europe, right, we had the experience of you can eat the bread and the pizza and the pasta and not feel as affected by because they have not allowed agricultural um, experimentation for their their wheat grains. It's an, actually an older form and it's it's a, more digestible to people. Semolina. The third issue 
is that most commercially grown wheat is sprayed with a substance called glyphosate, which is a very... Sounds delicious. Yeah. Unfortunately not. It's a very serious um, pesticide that is also called Roundup, made by Monsanto. And um, it is just pretty toxic to the intestines. It kills the bacteria that you want to have in good balance. So those three things in combination is why it's so detrimental for our hormonal health because now the bacteria that you need to break down estrogen are being killed off by the pesticide residue, right? The intestines are inflamed and leaking, so you're not getting the micronutrients you need to make hormones. So now you're estrogen-dominant, you're crankier, zittier, bloated, and boobs are sore and all of this. And because of the micronutrient deficiency, you're aging faster. So I ask you, between the PMS and looking old, is it worth it to have a piece of bread? Sometimes. Only when you're, <laughs> only when you're in New York. <laughs> Sometimes. But, you know, do things to help. Do no, but it is true. Like when I cut all grains out of my diet, because I, um, when I'm doing my best, I live by the blood type diet. Interesting. And that for me is like about having no grains and that honestly is like the best thing that I have ever done for my Your system. Your O-type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. O-types I think respond so well but you know to, most people these days have to do a very low grain you know and the research is in again because of the phytic acid because of the pesticide use on grains it's just it's for everyone now it's becoming really problematic. So yeah you know. What is mm-hmm. a food it's like a super food for women in particular that we should be incorporating into our diet every day? You know, I love that question. It's like, is there (laughs) one magic food? The truth is no, there is not one magic food. There are foods that are magical during each of the four phases that I could take you through. Yeah, let's get that. I wish there could be, listen, if there was one food, I would just be eating that. (laughs) This is not like that. I wish. Surprise, it's it's pizza. Yay. Oh, my God. I have not had a piece of pizza in 20 years. I do not even remember. That crushes my heart. I, <laughs> I just jaw dropped. Like, I was upset. I'm sorry. No, that's it's okay. just like, it's for me, it's also, such a violent reaction. You know, I do not do dairy and I do not do gluten. It's just I can't do it. No, that's genius and I'm inspired. It can be done. Yeah. It can, and I have not had a cup of coffee in 20 years either. I want to get to the Caffeine, coffee in a second. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, so I'm such quick. a <laughs> We're going to break that. We're (laughs) breaking that shit today. The foods for the different cycles. Mm. During the follicular phase, I really love sprouted fermented things. It just helps reset the microbiota from, you know, everything that was going on the month before. During the ovulatory phase, because it's such an estrogen-dominant time, you have a huge spike in estrogen to help release the egg from the ovary. You know, help yourself out so that you don't have break mid-cycle breakouts or bloating or breast tenderness or ovary pain. You know, this, these are all the signs of estrogen dominance at this time. So I love recommending raw fruits, raw juices at this time. Like do a green juice, have a kale salad, go raw, you know, one meal a day during the ovulation phase. It's going to really help you break down that estrogen. Um, the third phase, the luteal phase, this is like... You know, this is the time to have grains, but to do it really prophylactically. Sweet root vegetables like sweet potatoes. If I would, if I had to pick one magical food during mm-hmm. that the, your PMS week, it would be like sweet potatoes every single day, mm. so that you Ooh. don't have. I like that. That sounds the, joyful. The, yeah. It is, and do it like salty, spicy, and do sweet versions. You know, I do. Uh, one of my other favorite things to do is I slice up delicata squash. You know that little skinny, weird green striped sure. squash. Slice it into rings, drizzle coconut oil and maple syrup, 
and cinnamon and good pink sea salt Yummy. and bake it. It's like crack. I mean, you Yum. just like, and I will just eat a lot of that kind of stuff during my luteal phase so that I'm keeping my energy up. I'm giving my body lots of B vitamins, which is hugely required during the luteal phase to make all the progesterone, which is why we crave carbohydrates, by the way. Our cravings are indications of what micronutrients we're missing. So if you're craving during your PMS week all this carbs and salt, what you're deficient in are B vitamins and magnesium. Hmm. So have your carbs like, like I would rather you sit down and eat three cups of brown rice every single day of your PMS phase. It's going to heal the micronutrient deficiency. It's not going to have you put on weight. And you're not going to sneak bags of whatever it is that you're not supposed to be eating What are you later. talking about? You know what I'm it's talking crazy. about. <laughs> Dipped in other stuff you shouldn't be dipping in. You know. No. Fault chased by chocolate and then maybe something else the chased next morning. By, yeah. Oh, a chocolate chaser? A chocolate chaser. I thought that was something else. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, you know, it's like a whole prevention, ounce of prevention that week, for sure. And then during the menses week, I really recommend, you know, fats, avocados, salmon, nuts. nuts. If you're going to do red meat, this is the week to do it. You know, get some bison, have some lamb, you know, have those things. You're just, just to replenish. If you're vegan, do beets and avocados and, you know, any kind of flax oil, things that are going to replenish all of those essential fatty acids that your body has been using all month to have your cycle function. That's wonderful. And you have so much information. I want to mention flowliving.com has a newsletter that comes out. How many how many times a week? Are twice, you, a week. twice a week. I don't know. Magically comes and you guys, out. <laughs> and you touch on what we're talking about here and so much more. So you are doing all this wonderful work helping so many people in, in your practice and with your website. What practice do you have personally or rituals that help keep you grounded? Hmm. I'm big into elixirs. Actually, I hadn't dawned on me how much I like am into beverages. Maybe because I don't have any coffee. <laughs> um, and I just, I've like created a whole ritual around elixirs throughout the day. And sometimes this shifts b- b- based on where I'm in my cycle, but oftentimes it looks like warm water with lemon in the morning. And then I will do an herbal decoction in the afternoon which is usually like nettle, raspberry leaf, red raspberry leaf uh, leaves, like these classic herbs that are good for uterine tonic and circulation and, you know, um, um, micronutrient remineralization of the body. So it's it's just a fancy word for like really deeply steeped tea. So you take these leaves, you let them soak overnight, you know, in hot boiling water, and then you like make another tea out of it the next day. So I really use that in the afternoon. It's also important the timing of it when your body's most receptive. And then at night, I do golden milk. Golden milk is uh, a paste that you make out of turmeric, coconut oil, black pepper. And then you take a scoop of this paste. So you cook the turmeric and the black pepper in the coconut oil, and then you just let it come to room temperature, and so the coconut oil will harden, right? And then when you want to make your golden milk, you warm up some coconut milk. And I'll put like a little cinnamon and some agave in there. And then I put a little scoop of the paste. And it turns the milk coconut from uh, golden from the turmeric. And I drink that at night. Delicious. And you you make that at air one at a time. The detoxification of that is just so, so powerful. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm using things in the morning to 
you know, help my body open up to receive as much absorption of nutrients as possible. Then I'm giving myself a lot of remineralization in the afternoon to further enhance that nutrient density. And then in the evening, I'm sort of working with my liver's detoxification cycle, 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. And I'm doing the golden milk to help with that as well. We love that. Well, whatever you're doing, you're glowing. Thanks, so. Mama. You really are. You. Yeah, Mama. And where can our listeners find you online? I mean, you got to get in the know, get in the flow. So sign up for the <laughs> newsletter, you know, because if what you don't know definitely impedes your ability to not just be symptom-free, but also to really live your best life. You know, if you, if you, can you imagine if you had known about this neurohormone matrix when you were 16, how you would have oriented, directed, made different decisions about how you were going to do things or what you might even do. Also just like your opinion of yourself as a woman, like I really do feel like it's something that we're taught is like a burden to us and it's so shitty. It's a superpower actually. Yeah. It's a super, it's one of our superpowers. I mean, um, aside from the fact that all of our bodily fluids are magical and food for everyone. Um, (laughs) That's a whole other conversation, but you know, you know, I think it's, um, I think it's pretty epic if you can think about, you know, not only should you learn this for yourself, but any time you come into contact with a younger girl, you know, who you can influence, teach her this information, you know, get educated yourself so you can, you know, pay it forward to someone who is just getting their start out as a woman and help her change her opinion about herself by valuing who she is because her body and everything about her is just so profoundly amazingly powerful yeah it's so empowered we create life period end of fucking story you know anyway so yeah get in get the newsletter please do get in the, highly no, recommend get in it the flow. flowliving.com um and then yeah there's lots of there, you definitely want to sign up because we have something magical that's going to be launching in march i am literally not allowed to say what it is but you want to have this it's going to be free so please sign up for the newsletter awesome. so you can be and the, the first to know. And the book is Woman Code. Yes. And I also noticed you have a nutritional book about uh, supplements. Yeah, we have lots of different programs and products on the site to help uh, you wherever so. you are. So if you need to know what supplements to take to As fix, opposed to medications, yeah, which to I fix, love. Yeah, it's like my personal medicine cabinet. What do I keep on hand? What, which exact supplements will you find if you come over to my apartment? That's what's in there. And what you should use them for and when and how much. Um, and then, of course, there's the online program so that you can fix your period, whatever's wrong with your period, from heavy period to PMS to no period to what I had to fibroids to endometriosis. Whatever's wrong with your cycle, fix it naturally with the food protocol at Flow. And then there's the Fertile Flow program. If you're trying to get pregnant, you need to prepare your body for that. Even if you're going to do IVF, you know, you want to really super target getting your body optimally improved for fertility. And then, of course, there's the Sexy Flow program, which is all about that PMS slash perimenopause transition that every woman begins at 35. So, you know, whether or not you still have your period, it's really about is your sex drive, your mood, your energy something that makes you feel youthful and vibrant? And are do you have that inner radiance that you can see? If you've lost that glow and you look at yourself and you're like, mm, looking a little dull and fuzzy, then that's what sexy flow is for. So we really help women across the lifespan of what could happen to them over the reproductive years and fix it with food. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. We could talk for three more hours, I swear. <laughs> uh, really, the, the information that you're speaking about is so helpful and 
feel so lucky to have you on the show today. Oh Thank my you gosh. so much. So much fun to chat with you ladies. Thank you so much for being here and we'll bring you back. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yes, that's a retrograde. So Steph, you know, we cover health and wellness from some might say like the woo-woo, more esoteric side of things. Mm-hmm. Some may say. Some, I would not say that. Right. It seems pretty old like, hat for us. Yeah. But um, I think at the core of it all, it's like health and nutrition and feeling great. And one core issue in America right now in all of our lives is how important it is to have health care. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that's a big issue on the ticket and on the Democratic side of things as it was in the uh, debates this past weekend. And uh, there is an impending January 31st deadline for Get Covered America, also known as Obamacare. Mm -hmm. So I thought we could invite my dear friend who stands on the Youth Advisory Council for Get Covered America, who is a political consultant by trade and one of my closest friends back from when we used to get sent to the back of the room because we both talked too much in school. You did not. Uh, Please welcome to the show, Emily Todabush. Hi, Em. Yay. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. I have been a listener since episode one, and I'm not even joking. (laughs) I'm not just saying this. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Literally, Skype. our first Skype interview as well. Oh, this means so much more. Beaming to us from San Francisco. Cloudy San Francisco. It's cloudy here, too. (laughs) And uh, I mentioned that this deadline for Get Covered America is coming up January 31st. I want to get into that in a second, but can you talk to us about why this issue is close to your heart? I worked on both the 2008 and the 2012 Obama campaigns. And in 2012, it was really when, um, you know, the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, thank you, also known as Obamacare, was already in play, but a lot of different measures were not quite in effect yet. So we were still organizing around healthcare, and I don't know the exact date, but I like to just say early October. I had a searing pain behind my right eye, and it hurt to move my eye. It was not a headache. It hurt to move my eye. So you do not understand how much you move your eye until it hurts to move your eye. <laughs> So at the time, I actually was switching my day job, which was not the Obama campaign. I was working for a different marketing company. And so I did not have health insurance for one month. And I thought to myself, and I did that rationalization, everybody does. I'm healthy. I don't need to pay for COBRA. My insurance will start November 1st. Mm. So I went without medical insurance for an entire month. And In that month, I had just this terrible eye pain. I had total numbness and tingling along my right side of my body. My torso felt like it was being constricted, so it hurt to even breathe. I could hardly walk. And this was the month leading up to the most important thing that we were working for on the Obama campaign, which was the election. So I actually worked... 24 hours blind in my right eye with optic, what I now know was optic neuritis. And so two, 
two or three months, so February of 2013, I was diagnosed with a relapsing remitting course of multiple sclerosis. So really why I talk about this is because I was diagnosed at 28 years old. And what's really important about that is how young I am. Yeah. And I have all the opportunity in the world to get great medical care and make sure that I'm on the drugs that I need to be on. But at the same time, I could have gotten help a lot earlier if I had the appropriate health care coverage. The part of what the Affordable Care Act, part of what Obamacare does is it does not allow insurance companies to deny you because of a pre-existing condition. Yeah. So Get Covered America is an organization that mobilized around the Affordable Care Act and wanted to make sure that people were getting the real information and were not victim to whatever bullshit news story was on the bullshit news to pardon my French. So we like it. Bonjour. I am not an insurance agent. I have no interest in being an insurance agent. I don't care what insurance policy you sign up for. I think it's important that you know what your needs, what your medical needs are, and you sign up for a plan that works within your income and works for you. I think that's what's important. Um, eight out of 10 people who go on the exchanges get some kind of tax benefit or tax relief to help pay for their premiums that will have to be paid either monthly or yearly. So you're saving a significant amount of money like now versus if you had to go COBRA, it would be what, like $300 a month and now yeah, it's like a it hundred or something Yeah, to get COBRA. Okay. And it cannot, and a lot of people, myself included, I've been this person, you know, people choose not to to go on COBRA to maximize their COBRA benefits because it's not cost effective. Right. And I think having the option and having the availability to choose what plan works for you is really what makes this so important for everybody. This is great information. Yeah, so much. What is the most important message you think that we as young people need to know about this particular get covered because I actually want you to tell us about everything since you're so politically dialed at the moment yeah however but when it comes to the get covered America what is it that we need to we should know you know I think what's most important is knowing the deadlines knowing that you need to be covered because something that is completely out of your control happens and they happen to everybody I'll use myself as, as an example if I had chosen to not get covered, if I had chosen to, to forego medical insurance entirely, this condition, med multiple sclerosis would have bankrupt me. There is mm. no medicine on the market for multiple sclerosis that costs less than $55,000 a year. Oh my that God. That is more than most people make in America. That's the take home. Like you do not know what is going to happen to you and don't you want to be prepared so that the financial security that we're all working for doesn't get pissed away by a bad diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested quickly, uh, we mentioned the debates this past weekend uh, when we got <laughs> to the healthcare. Swerve. And uh, I know you're an avid Hillary girl. I am. How did you feel about Bernie? You know, he's really kind of going for a revolution, whereas Hillary's going yeah. for the evolution and it 
what her stance, I would say, makes a little is more practical in terms of where we are now, whereas Bernie's like, nope, give it to everybody. What are yeah, your thoughts on this? So to be clear, I love single payer health care. I'm all for it. I if if he could get it done tomorrow, sign me up. But here's the logistical issue, and that's that the United States House of Representatives last week voted to repeal Obamacare for the 63rd time. And what people need to ask themselves is, what's realistic here? Are we going to elect a new president that's going to walk into you know, the Oval Office on day one and say, okay, we're going to have something that's even more radical, that's even more costly to the American people, but we're all going to be covered. If he can do that and he can get things done, have at it. I've not heard him come up with a plan as to how he's going to do that. Interesting. I like your brain, Emily Tota Bush. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Really quickly, as um, you guys might not know this, but Emily and I grew up playing Roses and Thorns together. Every <laughs> year we would okay, do so a Okay, so you're going to corroborate the fact that this is a true game that she didn't it's just make game. up? It's okay. a real game. Okay. <laughs> we used to have a year-end Roses and Thorns <laughs> with our other friend Ryan and we and Angie, Jasky, Ryan Allingham. Hi, guys. And we would sit in a round table and just go through. It was like we had our own panel show. Amazing. Very cute. (laughs) Um, So to that, do you have a rose? Do you have a thorn of this week? Yeah. So I put a little thought into this. And so my rose is I have taken anti-aging skincare to a whole new level. (laughs) Oh, do share. (laughs) I have gotten a facial steamer available on amazon.com for the low, low price of like 30 bucks. I now steam my face for 10 minutes and then apply any sort of serum or um, purifying mask to help like, yeah, it's insane. And I really feel like I've seen some very dramatic differences. Well, it's a little blurry via the Google Hangouts. However, I'm I'm seeing a glow. Amazing. Noted. Remember where you heard it first, guys? Facial steamer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, 1984, but it's bad. <laughs> uh, what about Thorn? So my Thorn, I'm going to keep super brief, but it's something that I'm very passionate about. Also, water related, and it's the point is is that elections matter. And if you haven't figured out, Flint, Michigan has a in, has a huge water crisis happening yeah. right now, and it's completely man made and it's disgusting. It is one more example of how low-income communities and communities of color are just absolutely pushed aside and cast aside and nobody pays attention to them. But the point is, is that the people that we elect to represent us in local government matters just as much as who we elect to represent us in the presidency. And all elections need to be as important as as the presidential election, as demonstrated as what's happening in Michigan right now. It's just... It's an absolute travesty, and thousands of children have been poisoned with a dangerous neurotoxin that is going to forever change their lives, and there's no plan to fix Mm. it. So elections matter. Emily, this has been incredible. It's perfect. Yeah. I'm happy to Our new correspondent. Yeah, you're a political correspondent. So where can uh, people uh, find you online, Em? Well, I have recently made my Twitter profile not private 
So you can find me at Addie Toads. <laughs> E-T-O-D-E-S. Love you and thank you so much again. Yes, that's a retrograde. Loving a guest roses and thorns moment. I just ate a piece of popcorn. Oh no, that's okay. It's pirate's booty. Oh my God. Sorry. Wellness. So... That skin steamer thing, I usually do that over just my pot of tea or when I'm steaming clothing at work. Well, not to seem like a bitch, but mm-hmm. in my new home, we have a steam shower. Oh. So. Sorry, turn, Amazon. Sorry. I turn that baby on usually every time I shower and just stand over it like a fighter after a tough fight yeah. for like 10 minutes every night. And I do agree with her. Like when I come out, I feel I haven't serumed anything except for olive oil, but it feels really good. Good stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we we actually, as we said last week, we were going to post our current skin savers, Mm -hmm. and we did so on Instagram if you guys saw that. And Twitter. And Twitter. And um, to answer some listener questions, the answer is no, we – do not have are not sponsored by anyone but totally open to it if you want to sponsor us that's so retrograde at gmail.com the answer is yes <laughs> not no um no but we always you know we're just out on the field trying stuff and reporting back i mean so. i feel like yeah if i find a product that i like it's kind of like my duty to just share it because Absolutely. it's so in a sea of so much garbage once you finally find something that's legitimate, it's like you want everyone to use yeah. it. Remember for a while I was using that tea tree antiseptic cream mm-hmm. and that was like the shit. And like six of my friends bought it. Right. And but and it's like not one size fits all, but it's always nice to know. What, no, but try it. What happened. What's yeah. working. So it uh to continue on from Miss Totabush's Roses and Thorns, I guess it's time. For Roses and Thorns. Yeah, yeah. Woohoo. Um What you got, girl? Well, you know, I was so mad at myself last week as I was getting into my car. I texted you and our producer Emu both, and was like, "Fuck, I forgot to talk about the Flint situation." Yes, you were. Very Emily upset. touched on it, and uh, Emily and I are both from Michigan, mm-hmm. and uh, it's very heartbreaking uh, in terms of what's going on there. But I've been reaching out to some friends in Michigan to finding some ways to donate directly, just getting water bottles there. And I know that there will be some organizations that will be tackling the issues with the aftermath, such as Emily touched on with the long-lasting effects that it's having, unfortunately, on these kids. Is there a place where they can donate Yeah, I'm, so I'm going to put it on uh, That's So Retrograde's blog. Okay. I'm looking into it. I've reached out. I know people who are going and delivering water directly, but I don't have They're a link They're not like an organization. Yet. Yeah, I don't have a link yet in terms of like where we can send money. Or, But if anybody who's involved in like a has any water contacts that listens to us like hit us up yeah and we want want to connect you to to where you can or i just urge you to like figure it out because this is happening in our own backyard it's it's i'm at a loss for words yeah and it's awful so that is the serious thorn to tack onto your thorn in a michigan related event death of the eagle glenn fry from detroit michigan yeah Went to Groves High School. He did? I believe so. And I was just a huge Eagles fan growing up, and I went to one of their concerts when I was 17 years old. And I just want to thank him for all of his contributions. It was it was fun. I thought I had a crush on him when I was little because I thought he looked like sexy Frankenstein. But to lighten the mood, yeah. side thorn. Turn it around, sure. Uh, in my attempt to make cashew milk by soaking cashews, mm-hmm. 
I accidentally let it soak too long and the cashews fermented and it was gnarly. Ew. So word to the wise on that. I don't fuck with cashews. Right. But loving your hobbies. My Thanks. my uh my goal for the next like couple months is to take on some new hobbies since I'm just so single. I think I need to start like making popsicles or, you know, 30 second recipes or just something to. to I like that. I need something to put inside of me. A girl needs know? a hobby. And if it's not going to be a penis, it needs to be a snack. Popsicles. Don't you think that's a fun place that to start? That sounds great. I know. You can make your own popsicles by blending like fruits up. I feel like this is the second time this year we've talked about things that can be frozen. <laughs> so. <laughs> The cold never bothered me anyway. <laughs> oh, another rose for me is the lemon tree in my backyard. Really making Ayurveda possible for me right now. That's great. Like every morning I go out and I cut, I cut a lemon down, make some water. <laughs> and then I also make – you inspired me to make like a golden milk type thing. Oh, nice. But it's just uh, – the way I do it is honey, turmeric. I soak ginger in water so that the water becomes fully ginger. And then I How use – How long do you do that for? Just like 10 minutes because okay. it's like boiling water just over because I buy the ginger from Dave's Korean. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's, – it's taken from the root already. And then cayenne and apple cider vinegar, a shot of chlorophyll. Loving the chlorophyll. Lemon juice. Yeah, chlorophyll's it's really convenient. It's in the fridge. And you know what it is? It's like when you don't feel like spending $9 a day on a green juice – yeah. You're getting a lot of green energy just from totally. that. Totally. And like also, isn't that one of the main ingredients in E3 Live? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which we love E3 Live, by the way. Yeah. Speaking of sponsorships. So I guess the main rose from what I'm saying is just like picking up one simple habit from all the things that we've talked about like over time is a major rose. Because it's hard. We talk about a lot of stuff and it's not always easy my God, yeah. You can't incorporate all of them at the same time. My other rose, which is also kind of a thorn, is Democratic nominee candidate. We're unclear on how to really put that. Martin O'Malley, poor guy, can't get a word in edgewise. That was a mess. Nobody wants to hear him talk. Everyone is speaking over him. Every time that he doesn't get time, they threw it to Bernie or Hillary. But what I will say about him is he's kind of hot as fuck. I don't agree. Like, every time he would show any emotion, I was like, okay, okay. (laughs) And I feel like maybe I want to want to fuck my president. You know how I feel. (laughs) Oh, I think that that's totally important. Yeah. Uh, Totally important to have, like, a sexy president. I know. Because we're going to be seeing a lot of them. I know. But. They say that if FDR was running today, he wouldn't have won because nobody would have elected somebody in a wheelchair. How fucked up is that? It's just we're Actually, just, no, I t- disagree. I think that we would be like bolstering that n- and into it. At a subconscious level, they say I'm not saying that I right agree with this, but they say that you f- you need to feel like strength from a leader, and if there's something about not being able to like posture mm. that like makes people feel unsafe, which is interesting. It's just crazy, like the subconscious psychological things that are happening. Yeah. It's just such a visual time. It's so interesting. No, I know, and that's like really. I'm. I mean, I love Obama and I love his politics, but he's just so hot. He and he's that swagger. No president will have that swagger. Obama that on comedians and cars getting coffee. So funny. Love that mm-hmm. from our sister producers. Thank you guys. Thank you for bringing that to the world. Did you remember your rose? I did. You know what? Speaking of sister producers, we were. 
just on a uh, podcast under the same Embassy Row family that oh, we're right. on, Jackie Schimmel's Bitch Bible. So fun. It was super fun. Like, love to roll up to a podcast with some champagne ready that for me. That just came out, and that was just a really fun, beautiful way to hit start the week. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm going to just say that it was a fun time. You guys should check it out. Yeah, it was great. I like I liked shifting into, like pop culture mode for a second yeah, even though you keep calling me a fucking martian <laughs> and i'm getting better because i watched one episode of pump rules and i watched kardashians and the bachelor rose i'm not gonna condone that rose the bachelor okay it's great i had like seven girls over my apartment la- my house last night where were you um i was at home i was like them bitches thirsty i was at home <laughs> watching the second season of pump rules because i'm in a dark place oh you're too good to come over and watch the bachelor but you'll re-watch pump rules all right so how rude is she on that note guys write us and tell us how rude elizabeth is <laughs> on that note uh we will be airing part two of our elisa vitti episode next week oh my god mine cracked open major rose across the board craziness yeah if you want to get in touch with us we're at so retrograde on your various social media options yeah and uh shoot us an email that you want to so sponsor us yeah <laughs> <laughs> you want to sponsor us hit us up at that's so retrograde at gmail.com and you know what i'm going to take a cue from bitch bible and say why not go ahead and uh if you like us Give us a little review on iTunes. We read them and we really appreciate them. I think we're at four and a half stars right now. Is it out of five? We're like a little sliver off of that fifth star. What's the sliver about? Let's change that. Hmm. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. Thorn. And, but, you know, if you've got some sliver feedback, we're open to that too. Yes. So know that. The dark makes way for the light, you guys. Exactly. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Yes, that's a retrograde!